Uh, but before the actual baptism, I want to take a minute and share with you what baptism is and what it isn't. Uh, and, then, and then we're going to just go into the baptism. So let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, thank you. Uh, what, a great, what a great thing to be able to celebrate with people. Uh, to think of when I think of those <coughs> that were baptized today <coughs> excuse me and what a great testimony it is not only for them but for their families so use this time that we would be drawn closer to you. <coughs> Help us as we look into your word to understand more clearly what a life with you is all about. Guide our thoughts, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. <coughs> Excuse me, I'd like to say I swallowed a bug. It just feels that way, but I didn't. All right. <coughs> You ever have that thing where something goes kind of pokes you the wrong way there? <clears throat> and that's where I'm at right now. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 16 if you want to turn there. <clears throat> this is a passage to help us see what baptism is all about. Um, earlier in Acts chapter 16, I see we're going to start with verse 25. Actually, we're going to start a little sooner than that. Uh, jump up to verse 17. If you're using a pew Bible, it's page 1021. Um, Paul and Silas had been traveling, telling people about Jesus. And while they were on their way to a time of prayer, uh, it says that a demon-possessed slave girl had been following them around, began to tell, to, began to tell people about them. Now you see that in verse 17. Verse 17. Look what it says. It says, "As she, that's this this uh, this girl, as she followed Paul, and she cried out, these men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation.'" are the slaves of the Most High God. And she did this for many days. Now, what she was saying was true, but notice it says, but Paul was greatly aggravated. And turning to the Spirit, now he knew that what was going on, you know, was uh, this, this uh, girl was, was uh, possessed by a demon, trying to really thwart, not promote their ministry. And he says, and turning uh, to the Spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out... Right away. Now, having a demon cast out is a good thing. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing. But the slave girl's owners had been using her as kind of a sideshow type of money-making scheme. You know, if you keep reading there, it tells you, you know, that, 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 you know, that she would uh, predict the future. Well, you know, that's uh, uh, really just kind of a sideshow thing there. Now, when they delivered when they delivered this girl from the spirit, when they removed the, the uh, false spirit from this girl, oh, well, that, then that meant, you know, uh, she couldn't do the sideshow bit anymore, so there was no money. Uh, no money meant uh, angry owners, so the angry owners, you know, they stir up the crowd. They have Paul and Silas arrested, and it says that they're beaten. They're thrown into prison, and that's where we pick up down in verse 25. Uh, we're really going to kind of focus a little more this morning. Verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. That's an interesting thing to do when you're in prison after being beaten. Verse 26, Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. 
When a jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison open, he drew a sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now, while that might seem odd to you, in their society, the prisoners escaped. The jailer would, was the one then who would have to fulfill the sentence of all those who escaped. Wouldn't be a really cool thing, you know. I mean, he'd be in, in jail the rest of his life. If not, uh, you know, also his life taken because maybe that's what some of those were sentenced to. Verse 28 it says, but Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourselves because all of us are here. Then a jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Now we're really going to focus on the verses that come after, you know, that are going to come now. But I wanted you to have this context. You know, if we would have just jumped in with verse 30, it would have seemed a little awkward. Uh, but our focus is really on verses 30 through 34. It says then, verse 30, Then he escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the message of the Lord to him along with everyone else in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right, right away, he and his, all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them and rejoiced because he had believed God with his entire household. Now, I was raised, I was raised um, in a, a religion where um, infant baptism was the norm. Uh, you know, that was the, the normal thing and the accepted time uh, to be, for one to be baptized was as an infant. Um, the, the only time you were baptized other than an infant is if you came into the church as as a child or as an adult you know and as you came into the church as an adult you know then then you would be baptized now the belief was that baptism was necessary and that baptism made you uh, a member of the church and made you a member and a part of God's family now when i began to look at the bible then i saw a very different pattern and a very different reason uh, for baptism here in acts chapter 16 we see this jailer who's in fear for his life, and he realizes that something out of the ordinary had happened. Now, he realized it because these men who were arrested and beaten and thrown in jail, they were rejoicing and singing to God, uh, you know, instead of complaining about their predicament. But then an unexpected event happened. It says an earthquake, which resulted, uh, did you see there, in, in all of the prisoners no longer being secured, no longer being behind locked doors. It says all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. That's quite an earthquake. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's quite an earthquake. Now, instead of escaping, he learns that all the prisoners stayed in prison. Very, uh, an unusual thing. You know, and that prompted him, this unusual behavior from all of these prisoners, prompted him to know about this relationship with Jesus, which must have been, uh, you know, what, the, well, certainly, you know, we know Paul and Silas were talking about it, but, you know, those, even the singing, the rejoicing, all of that. And so this man, this jailer comes and says, sirs, what? What must I do to be saved? Now, what he's asking is what he needed to do in order to be right with God. So when he's talking about saved, that's what he's talking about. What, I, what do I need to do to be saved from the penalty of sin? What do I need to do to be saved from this life apart from God? What is it that I need to do to you know, have this uh, taken care of and this relationship set right? You know, the life-changing relationship that you have with God takes you from a sinner outside the family of God and brings you into God's family. You know, sirs, what must I do? To be saved. Notice the answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus. 
and you will be saved. Now, not baptism. Baptism doesn't save someone. What we're going to be doing here, you know, in a few minutes, that doesn't save them. It's not church membership, uh, you know, and it's not 30 hours of community service. Now, those are all good things. Baptism is a good thing. Uh, Church membership is a good thing. Uh, You know, serving others is a good thing. All of those are good things, but they don't save you. That's not what saves you. The Bible is very clear that God's people should be living changed lives. And, you know, and, you know, baptism, church membership, service, those are some of the things, you know, we should be doing. But to be saved from your sins, it's pretty clear. Believe on the Lord Jesus. You know, he says to believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's how someone is saved. That is how someone is, is saved from their sins, from what comes, you know, if, if they reject God. And, you know, to believe on the Lord Jesus, he says, and you will be saved. Now, the rest of the verse uh, had really gotten my attention when someone talked to me about baptism. Because, again, remember, I, I grew up with infant baptism. And to me, that was what was correct. I was baptized as an infant, and I was good with that. And, uh, and, and that was how I, how I had approached things. And so the rest of the verse, you know, kind of got my attention. It said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. I thought, well, certainly the household included children. I mean, it just seemed to make sense to me. And then it continues, verse 32 says, Then they spoke the message of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them that same hour of the night, washed their wounds right away. He and all his family were baptized. Now, when I read these verses... I very kindly pointed out to my pastor, you know, that the, this guy's whole family was baptized. You know, the whole family, uh, which seemed it would have in, included children. I felt my pastor needed to know this because it seemed to me that, you know, perhaps with his seminary education, they never covered these verses and he was unaware of that fact that I was good to go because I was baptized as an infant. You know, and I thought that I, I just needed to, I've always been a helpful guy like that, you know. And so, you know, I was just trying to help him, you know, to, to see, you know, what clearly his seminary degree didn't, didn't in, inform him of. My pastor very kindly told me to keep reading. Look at verse 34. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had believed God with his entire household. Now, isn't it funny how we fixate on, on uh, you know, what we want and we overlook the obvious? They were all baptized because they all believed on the Lord Jesus and were saved. He had believed with his entire household. The entire household had come to that place of belief. You know, they were all baptized because they all believed on the Lord Jesus and were saved. So you see, baptism doesn't save you. Jesus does. You know, he is the one who saves you. Jesus' death on the cross paid for your sins, not your baptism. Your baptism doesn't pay for your sins. Your baptism is simply showing that you have already come to the Lord for forgiveness, that you have come and asked him to forgive your sins and to be your Savior. You'll hear me ask them that when when we're baptizing them. Uh, Now, you know, you know, when we, when, when we get up there, um, you know, sometimes 
it's a little hard for them to talk and say things. And I already told them they don't have to. So don't be offended if they don't, because they've already talked with me. They've talked with the elders, you know, and we realize they've already come to realize this. You know, to be saved, you need to believe in Jesus death on the cross for you. Baptism is simply a symbol that you believe that Jesus died for your sins and is your savior. You're, you're, and what they'll be doing really is acting out a sermon is is what will be happening there. You get to bap, you get baptized to show you are saved, not to get saved. You do that to show you have this relationship with Christ. Belief came first, then baptism. They were baptized why? Because they had believed in God. You know, because they already had believed in Jesus. You know, that, that's why we don't, you know, we don't baptize infants because they cannot make that decision until they're older. We believe baptism is a statement by those being baptized that they have come to Christ, ask for, to have their sins forgiven, and for Him to be their Savior. And so what they're doing is, you know, they've made that decision already. Uh, you know, and in baptism, what you're saying is, I trust Jesus as my Savior, and I want to live for Him. You know, that's what you're saying. I, I trust Him as my Savior, and I want to live for Him. You know, that is very much a part of it. Today, we're baptizing eight. Now, I say, well, we're going to baptize at least you know eight eight children who have been raised in Christian homes and are a part of this church. This, to me, is an extremely um, exciting to have everyone who's baptized um, raised in Christian homes by parents who love the Lord. You know, I think it's a great, it's a great thing when people have a test. You know, I was, I, you know, I came to Christ as an adult. And, uh, and it's great to be able to, you know, I, I like those testimonies, you know, that I was, I was the worst dude you've ever seen. I wasn't, but, you know. Um, but I wasn't good, you know, but you have all, you know, those things that, uh, you know, I, I was drinking, you know, 12 cases of beer for breakfast and, you know, and then I was, you know, doing drugs and, and it's great that people are safe from that. And it really is. But you know what really thrills my heart is when someone can stand there and say, uh, you know, I I had those temptations and I was faced by those temptations. But praise God, I never gave in to them. You know, praise God, I was able to live my life and not have to do those things. That is a great testimony. And we're going to have, you know, I said at least eight kids, you know, who I call them kids. Some of them are older than kids. Um. But the thing is, they were brought up in Christian homes. You know, they're part of this church. What a great thing. Uh, Now we're baptizing them because they've asked Jesus to forgive their sins. They've asked Jesus to be their Savior. And they asked to be baptized. Each, Each one of these children came to us. Each one of them came to us and asked us, to baptize them because they want to make a stand for Christ. You know, they, they believe he's their savior. They believe he died uh, for their sins and they want to make a public statement that he's their savior and that they want to live for him. You know, that's what baptism is. Baptism is simply a public statement that I believe Jesus is my savior who died for my sins and I want to live for him. Let's pray and then I'll give a few instructions of how we're going to proceed from there. Father, thank you. What a, 
What a great gift it is to be able to be a part of this step of faith. I thank you for the parents who poured into these who poured into these kids who explained to them what it means to have you as their savior who are able to live lives that their kids want to emulate Thank you for working in their hearts and lives. I ask that you would touch each one. And as we go through this baptism, that they will be able to look back on it and remember, this is when I made that stand for you, Jesus. This is when I told everybody, you are my Savior. This is when I told everybody, I want to live for you. And that they can look back on this, Father. And those times and those challenges that they will remember and those things will fade away and they'll be able to stand strong for you. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of being a part of this today. We pray with great thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so a couple of things here. What we're going to do is I'm going to dismiss those who are being baptized now to go go back into the lobby uh, our deacons and deaconesses will meet you there and now here's also what I'm going to tell you if you've not been baptized yet and you want to be baptized today uh, you have the opportunity to join us in baptism today just a couple of things for that one is our elders uh, Ralph Scanlon I believe is already back there David Ulrich is going to be out in the lobby um, you just, you know, if you want to be baptized today, you know, you go back and talk to them. Uh, all they're going to do is make sure that, you know, Christ, is, you know, is your Savior and died for your sins. And if you want to be baptized today, you can go back there and talk with them and then we will baptize you. The second part of that is realize you're going to be wet when you go home. Just, just passing that on. Lillian, come on, Lillian, come on down and... Right there for a minute. Okay. Northside Relays, you must know somebody there. So, Lillian, you have asked Jesus to be to forgive your sins and be your Savior? Yes. And you want to be baptized to let people know that you want to live for Him? Yes. And you asked Jesus to be your Savior. How did that happen? You remember? I don't know when. You don't know when. You know, it's in Kirk. Um, I remember um, seeing her mom and dad in middle school, um, you know, coming coming over from King Euros and going down the street. Um, you can't look at Lillian without seeing her mom. You know, that's just well, what a gift. What a gift to be able to baptize, to be able to baptize her. Uh, just with that background, it's a great thing. So, you come on down. All right. Put your... Yeah. 
Lillian, based on your confession of faith in the Lord as your Savior and forgive your sins, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. prayed another one that we prayed for since before she was born and my granddaughter Emery have you asked the Lord to forgive your sins and to be your savior and when did that happen or how did that happen was it with mom and dad yeah and you want to be baptized so people know not only that he's your savior but that you want to live for him did you want to say anything else I didn't think she would. (laughs) Emery, based on your confession of faith in the Lord as your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Caleb, have you asked Jesus to be your Savior and forgive your sins? Yes. And you know, remember about when that happened? Mm-hmm. You, know, and, you know, all of these, all of these, uh, all of these kids raised in the church, we give them a sheet, you know, that where they they fill in about just to tell us a little bit how they came to Christ, and all of them start have in that thing. I was raised in a Christian home. What a great gift, uh, you know, to be able to pour into them. Anything else you want to say, buddy? All right. Come on down here. So, Caleb, based on your profession of, of faith, asking Christ to forgive your sins and be your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Josiah, come on down, buddy. All right, step right there for a second. And this is the guy with many questions. He has a lot. Of, he had as many questions for us as we had for him when we were talking to him. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Josiah, now did you want to read that? You can if you want to. It's up to you, buddy. Uh, no. Okay. So have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins and to be your savior? Yes. And remember when that happened? You said with mom and dad, or was it? Just with dad, that's right, okay. And uh, one, uh, when you were in first grade, you said. Uh, that's good. Anything you want to say to the people? Okay. So you come on down here. So, Josiah, based on your confession of faith and asking Christ to forgive your sins and be your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
and his brother Levi. Right there for a second. So Levi, have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins and be your Savior? Yes. And you want to be baptized so people know that you want to live for him and follow him. And this happened with your parents also, right? Talking with your with your parents? Yeah. Anything you want to say? I didn't think you would, buddy. All right, Levi, based on your confession of faith in the Lord as your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christ to be to forgive your sins and be your savior. Yes. And we baptize you before you. Tell me why we're doing it again. Uh, I don't really know. Well, like, remember what you told us. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the first time I just felt like I needed to do it, and this time like I had the choice. I always had the choice, but like felt like I should be doing it now because I've really accepted Him into my life. Yeah. That's a good thing. As I t- said, you know, sometimes when we baptize kids, we do the best we can. But then sometimes they come to us and they say, you know, last time I did that uh, because I thought I was supposed to. This time I'm doing it because I want to. Uh, <clears throat> big difference. And I think something we're very grateful for. So, Michael, based on your confession of your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, we're going in size here. These, other, you know, these guys—they they have to help me a little bit more. The little ones I can do uh, by myself. And here's the here's the biggest one so far. Levi, come on down, buddy. Levi Powers, another one, and another, and one of the ones who started this whole thing rolling this time too. Um, and. You mentioned also that you thought it was, I, did you say five years, when you were about five years old that you had asked Christ to be your Savior or something? Was that what it was? Five or six. Like five or six. remember. Yeah. At home, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, so you've asked him to forgive your sins and be your Savior. And you want to live for him. Anything else you want to say? Uh, not really. Okay. This is why we talk to him ahead of time, you see, because you, you don't want to do it up here. All right, so you're longer. We've got to start over here a little bit. All right. So, Levi, based on your confession of faith in the Lord and Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now I did give the invitation out there. I need uh, one of the elders, Dave. Oh, there you are. Are we good? No one else. Okay. Just wanted to make sure, uh, give people the opportunity. Um, I want to encourage you to encourage them in the days ahead. In the days ahead, you guys are going to sing another song, and we are going to try to dry off, and um, the kids will meet their families in the lobby. 
and encourage you to you know stick around a little bit and encourage them even though they may not be you know your son or daughter or grandchild encourage all those who you saw get baptized today all right thanks